This is Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And joining us in studio today, Jody Harper. Jody is the Associate Director of Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. Jody, welcome back. Well, thank you. It's been a while. Also uh, joining us today is Natanga Jean Didier. Perfect. Again, Ken. <laughs> See, I'm, well I'm trying. Yeah. Trying to get better every week with that pronunciation. Practice makes perfect. And exactly. we have a very special guest uh, in our studio today. And uh, Natanga, why don't you uh, uh, introduce her? Yes, we have Catherine Kabbalah, who is joining us today to talk about this very important topic, uh, which is mental health. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Catherine and have her introduce herself. Thank you. Um, like John said, my name is Catherine Kabbalah. I'm the SAP counselor at Central High School for the Manchester School District. And pretty much what I get to do all day is run support groups for students as well as drug and alcohol counseling. So my support groups are based off of student um, adjustments concerns. So if students are facing parents who are recently divorced, struggling with mental health concerns, drug and alcohol, even like a peer support group. So friendship group. I do all that all day long. All day long at Central <laughs> High School. Yes. Yeah. And, and Catherine, what's an SAP counselor? I'm glad what you asked SAP that, What does SAP stand for? <laughs> Student Assistance Program. Yes. Very good. Now, is it common for most high schools to have this uh, this program? Yeah, actually, all the high schools have one in Manchester, and all the middle schools have one as well. Okay. And is it pretty much uh, statewide? Yep, statewide. Wow. Very good. That that is uh, that is a good thing to know. And uh, as we mentioned, the topic today is uh, mental health awareness. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, uh, mental health in in recent years. And uh, maybe we'll send it to you first, uh, Catherine. Talk about the the stigma uh, associated with mental health, or or perhaps we can even get more basic and and talk about exactly what is good mental health. Yeah, so good mental health. So when I think of that, I think of the students I work with who have great coping skills. So coping skills, how they deal with the stress of daily life. A lot of students don't understand how to navigate when they are sad, when they are angry. And that's a lot of work I do day to day, educating students about that. Um, Understanding how to control your emotions, but also are you reading a book? Are you hanging out with friends? Are you vaping when you're mad or sad? Um, yeah, I feel like that's a huge part of what I do and the stigma with mental health, um, not talking about it enough with our young folks and mostly um, leaving it up to parents or um, other people to educate the youth, but not getting that within the school system. Yeah, a few episodes ago when we had Maria on from the Seacoast Public Health Network, we talked a little bit about stigma and resilience, and I think that COVID-19 really brought to light how important it is that we talk about mental health. So I'm trained as a social worker, and so really we want everyone to be well and have their ability to live their best life. And so oftentimes... um, you know, mental health awareness, you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is why we're really excited mm-hmm. to be having this episode air in May. 
And people, we just need to talk about it. Oftentimes, when I'm giving presentations about mental health to community health workers, especially, we have these cartoons that, that we use as an example, and it's got someone who's who lost a limb and their arm is bleeding. And, you know, the cartoon is a little sarcastic. It says, you know, just, just shake it off. It'll be better. But, you know, we don't talk to people when they have a physical ailment like a lost limb or if they've got food poisoning or the flu. We don't say, oh, just toughen up. But we do that as a society when it comes to our mental health. People, somewhere along the line, we kind of had this disconnect between our head and our body. And so really, COVID-19 has brought forth the, the fact that it's okay to not be okay. A lot of people aren't okay. And how do we start to talk about it amongst ourselves and make sure that we're raising that awareness? Because to have your mind be sad is no different than having something hurting in your body. Exactly right. And uh, I think it's, as you pointed out, Jody, a lot easier to talk about physical well-being than mental well-being. Exactly. So I'm sure that's uh, an, an issue that, uh, you know, you're faced with uh, virtually every day. Yeah. Actually, to jump off what Jody said, I feel like a lot of students um, as teachers and as counselors were like, you got this. You're a leader. You got it. Don't give up. But they have to go to their job after work. They have yeah. to stick up with their grades and make sure those are up to par they have to make sure they get to the job work football everything and we're constantly like you got it you're doing great keep going keep going but it's not like hey are you okay can we talk about this like if you're not okay you don't have to do all this right now exactly and uh i guess the next question is when is it the right when when is it the right time to say that i actually need to go get help right like when do you make that decision to to go get mental health help to go you know check in to see a counselor to see somebody that can Know, that can help you if I'm struggling mentally like mm -hmm. when is it okay for me to seek help yeah actually I ran a course on that um, I created an elective course for students to take online and they find out the information when is it time to check in on your friends and when do you know your friends need help right, right? when you check in with the adult and when for yourself or you're like okay I need to go see someone and honestly I think any time is the right time mm -hmm. right a lot of my stuff with my support groups and my one-on-one -on -one drug and alcohol counseling, it's all about intervention, intervention. And it, every day was intervention, but we need to work on the prevention part, right? There's never yes. a bad time to go talk to someone, get support, even if it's just maintenance. Maybe you're not super sad or super depressed. Maybe you just need someone to talk to to prevent from getting to the extreme depression, sadness. Exactly. And really, you know, at any point in time, it's so important to say, hey, I need somebody to talk to. Natanga and I have had the pleasure of knowing each other for a really long time. And so we have these conversations over the years. We check in on each other and saying, you know, we may say, oh, I'm fine with a smile on your face and kind of like, oh, it's okay. Nothing's wrong. And said, like, you know, I'll stop and say, are you really sure that you're fine? Like what's actually going on? It's okay to create a safe space where you can talk about this. And, you know, the first thing comes from talking with friends and family and peers and then working to, it's okay to talk to a professional about it. Sometimes people are a little bit scared to go to a therapist or a counselor because it's this kind of big idea to them like, oh, I'm, I'm not okay, I'm sick, there's something wrong with me. But you know what, a counselor, a therapist, whatever their credential is, it's somebody who doesn't know your world that has license and training that can help you kind of make sense of everything that's going on and offer a different perspective to really help you support you in getting through whatever's going on and working towards some goals that you set together. Are there warning signs of mental illness? Is there are there things we should look for if we feel that someone close to you uh, has some some issues with mental illness? Uh, 
What are the warning signs? Yeah, so I'll say the most extreme would be if you feel like harming yourself or harming someone else, immediately seek help, either a loved one or 911, right? But I would say the the signs is like not feeling like you want to get out of bed in the morning, um, not doing what you would normally do, calling out of work more often, getting not wanting to go to school, um, trying to find maybe unhealthy things to do to relieve that pain or the hopelessness of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Really, the when you stop doing the things that you love and you find joy in. Um, but really, mental health is a really big, broad category. There's all sorts of mm-hmm. um, different types of mental illnesses. Right. The DSM, which is the the diagnostic tool that we use in the mental health field, it's it's a pretty hefty book. It's like. 1500 pages oh, with hundreds of different <laughs> hundreds of different diagnoses and so you know anxiety and depression are some of the most common mental health disorders in our community and in our society and so when people are finding that they're not able to get through the day the way that they used to if they're feeling more anxious in a way that it's disrupting their everyday function if they're feeling sad or if they're feeling hopeless and sometimes people say oh well you know they they don't think about the they think about insomnia if i can't sleep something is wrong but i actually hyper insomnia on the opposite end. If you can't get out of bed and if you're sleeping all the time, that can be a warning sign as well. And so it's so important, I think, that we check on our friends, we check on each other and say, hey, how are you? How are you really doing? Stop saying it's fine and say, you know, I'm not okay when you really actually aren't okay. Now, you you deal, uh, Catherine, with uh, teenagers every day in your your career. Uh, And I think teenagers these days have a lot more to deal with than teenagers of my era going to high school back in the late 60s and early 70s, even though we didn't have a a great reputation back then either. But I think right now there are a lot more issues, outside issues, that, that youngsters are dealing with than they did a number of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things is social media. Yes. I think the phone, the electronics, is something I haven't experienced and, and growing up, or I don't think anyone in this room, to the capacity of what these teenagers are experiencing. I was actually talking to some teens the other day about communication skills and conflict resolution. And I asked them, have you ever talked to your friend face to face when there has been an issue? No. They said no, no. They haven't. And I said, okay, so how do you solve the problems? They solve it over Snapchat or text messaging. Right. And if they don't like the response, they just cut them off completely and yeah. never talk to them again. Well, we have a lot more ground to cover on this edition of Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And we will be back with more right after these words. Welcome back to Your Health, New Hampshire on WKXL, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 in the Manchester area, 1450 on the AM dial, and anywhere at uh, nhtalkradio.com. We're presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, and this show focuses on wellness and health education. And joining us today from AHEC is uh, Jody Harper. She is the Associate Director of uh, Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. And Natanga Jean-Dedieu, who is the uh, Program Coordinator. 
And uh, Catherine Kabala is with us, and she is the SAP counselor at Central High School in Manchester. And again, SAP stands for? Student Assistance Program. Now, just before the break, we were talking about the impact that social media has these days on mental wellness or uh, people that are having issues Mm -hmm. with mental health. And uh, this is something that, you know, back in the dark ages when I was going to high school, (laughs) we never had to deal with that. We used to pass notes around in class, and that was about the extent of our social media. Uh, But now there are so many things that uh, youngsters have to deal with, and that has to be, uh, you know, I I would think the source of, of many issues. Mm -hmm, Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, right before the break, I feel like not being able to talk to someone face to face and not feeling comfortable. There's not only the stigma, but how do I do that? As a teen, how am I able to talk to this adult about something? I can't even talk to my peers when I have an issue. And how do we get over that uncomfortability of talking about mental health, right? So definitely social media has played a huge role in how these students communicate with each other and just how they feel comfortable with conflict resolution, not cutting off friendships, right? We can talk to each other, we can come to a middle ground, so yeah. Yeah, and really with social media, it's just constant. It's 24-7, and where I wasn't quite in the dark ages, but close to the dark ages when I went to high school, you went home and you had a break. Mm -hmm. We didn't even have internet at my house growing up. I'm that old. So um, we we are seeing and hearing from a lot of youth that say, you know, even 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, they're on their social media, they're talking to each other, and if someone's being bullied or if someone's having a hard time with others, they don't get an escape from that because these notifications are coming up on their phone all the time. They're checking their messages. They're looking at their pictures on Snap, and they're seeing that kind of messaging and behaviors that that really don't help them have any chance to unplug and unwind and be away from that mean messaging. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's tough, too, with social media because, you know, it's not like, you know, a couple of years ago where, you know, if you, you know, if you're going through stuff, you know, at least you deal with your neighbors or, you know, the friends mm-hmm. that you go mm-hmm. to the same school with, you know, social media, you know, you're dealing with. You know, everybody does on social media. You know, somebody can be in a different country, and you know, you can, you can have a problem with that person that's in a different country. So it's it's a completely different place. But I also think there's also some positivity from you know social media because you know some youths are able to you know express right how yeah. you know how they feel, and this is something that you know if you can express you know yourself like you know without you know, the use of social media, you know, maybe on social media is a place where you, know, you feel comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can be vulnerable and where you can, you know, seek help. So I actually think, you know, even though, uh, you know, even though social media, uh, you know, the overall experience maybe may not be positive uh, for, you know, the youth, but I also think that there's some positive that can, you know, come out of it because you're able to see the vulnerability and, you know, that way you can, um, you know, you can reach out, right? And you can see that somebody actually does need help. Yeah, oh, oh, exactly. So there is a a degree of positivity to social media. But I I would have to think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of of peer pressure on social media as well, uh, which can be difficult for a lot of, uh, you know, teenagers in particular to deal with. Right, and not everything on social media is real, right? So we see these people all the time living this perfect life, and it's like, why can't I have that life? Why can't I? But it's not always true and that's what our young people have to see every day is like wow if i just do this then life will be okay yeah 
Yeah, nobody thinks about just how curated somebody's feed can be, especially all the influencers that are on social media now. You see the vacations, the perfect, you know, perfect air quotes bodies, and it really can do a lot of harm. I think Natanga has a great point thinking about how do you find community in social media, yeah. and it can be a great space for good, but sure. we need to raise that awareness about how to use it for good and mm-hmm. how to make sure to turn it off and, and know that not everything you're seeing is actually what's going on. And you must have these discussions almost every day with the, the students that uh, visit you. Every single day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how, how do you tell them? Do you, do you tell them that there are, you know, positive things about uh, social media? Yeah, absolutely. Like Jody yeah. said, too much of anything's not a good thing, right? right? And it's learning that balance and also taking a break. So even when they get the notifications from friends and drama in school, they're also getting homework now can be done online, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Coaches texting, yeah. you never have a break. These young people never have a break and yeah. it's important to have that balance. No doubt about it. Well, uh, Catherine, I, I know, how, how long have you been at Central? Three years. Three years and in that relatively short amount of time, you have uh, developed a lot of things at that Central High School. Yeah, I absolutely love Central High School. I'm having a great time, and I'm super um, grateful for the leaders that are in my school and give me the opportunity to implement a bunch of these programs for the students there. And and what are some of the programs? I a wellness room that uh, you've yeah. developed. Yeah. So recently, over the past two years, I created the wellness room, and the wellness room was created because coming back from COVID, 400 students are in our cafeteria for lunchtime and students were nervous to get back into that going from home life not talking to anyone to 400 kids in a calf so I was trying to find the balance of where students could have that break right so they can come to this room it's totally tranquil you can take a nap in it I have recliners Mm, sofas zen music right water fountain so it sets the mood I don't talk to students when they come in unless they approach me and want to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much, there's no expectation for you when you enter the room. And it's done that way purposely so students don't feel pressure to talk if they don't want to, if they're having a bad day, if they, they know I'm there as well. So they come, they take a nap during their lunch, or if they have a free mod or a study, they can also utilize that room. They can color, they can listen to music quietly. And the room has been a hit. The room I is guess full. So. Yeah. My high school is never like that. We never had a <laughs> <Right>. wellness room. <laughs> yeah. And just having a place where students can just be without expectation, without grades, without mm-hmm. any sort of pressure, I think is something that's really special. Like Catherine is on the, you know, she's a Central High School alum. She's onto something that's really special in that building. And so the more that we can take her voice and elevate it yeah. and show off what's being done successfully, the more we're hoping to see things like this being replicated around the state. Yeah, and I will say it's a very diverse group that comes in day to day. If there's a huge football game or sports game that night, I'll see a lot of the players, the athletes in there just resting. If there's a huge um, test or it's midterms, whatever it is, the room will be filled. If something happens within the community that can be stressful for our young people, the room will be filled. So it's a very diverse group. Everyone utilizes it, and it's been a... It's been a success so far. I guess so. <laughs> Boy, that sounds like uh, utopia uh, in, in high school. Uh, and a great idea, too, really. That, that, is, that is something. Is that something that you just came up with 
out of the blue, as as they say, or uh, have did you see models for that uh, elsewhere? Well, my education and experiences in clinical mental health. So I've kind of taken what I've learned over the years, and I've also had experience working the Boys and Girls Club and for uh-huh. the city. So it's kind of like everything I've been working on all these years. I yeah. finally had the platform and support to do so. So with that, it all came together exactly. at uh, at Central High School, and uh, I see you've developed a, a welcome center as well. Yeah, actually, me and my colleague, Amadou, he is the EL social worker, English learner social worker at Central High School, and he saw the wellness room and what a support it was for students, and he wanted to create that for the new Americans that were coming in, and so it's more of a resource and family welcome center, right? So when you walk into the wellness room, there's a sense of, like, no expectation, I'm here, everyone accepts me, and so he did the same thing across the hall, and I helped him kind of build that out and what that looks like is if you are new to central or you are an English learner or any student can utilize it as well you get tutoring support information on families get information on how to build a home or buy a home sorry um tutoring mentoring we have financial aid support um yeah college access so it's been a room two rooms right next to each other where students just go get tutoring if they need it then take a nap so yeah yeah, uh, and uh, we, we've heard for many years uh, Central is probably the most diverse uh, high school in the state of New Hampshire. So many different languages mm-hmm. are, are spoken at, at Central High School. Yeah, last time I checked, I believe it was over 30 languages are spoken, and we're 56% uh, students of color at Central. Yeah, wow. So that is terrific. Uh, tell us about uh, the, the Lift Every Voice uh, Summit. Oh my gosh, the Lift Every Voice Summit was incredible. Well, hold on. I want you to hold that thought yeah. because we have to take a quick break. All right, we, that's a little tease. It's a radio yeah. tease. And coming back, we'll uh, talk about the Lift Every Voice Summit at uh, Manchester Central High School. This is Your Health, New Hampshire, and uh, we are presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This program focuses on wellness and health education. And we will take a quick break here. On WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, and we will be right back. This is WKXL, and this program is entitled Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. The program focuses on wellness and health education, and joining us from Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center today, Jody Harper and Natanga Jean de Dieu. And from Manchester Central High School, we have uh, Catherine Kabala. And just before the break, uh, Catherine, uh, we were talking about the uh, Lift Every Voice Summit. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Lift Every Voice Summit was provided an environment for students to feel empowered, encouraged to become more involved, and lift their voices. And through this, we did it through programming and community connections. So the idea of this whole summit was to let students have a chance to use their voice. Like I said earlier, prevention, right? Mm-hmm. We're always working on interventions. How do we stop this? But how do we prevent it? So we saw a need, myself and Taylene Rodine. She works for Gear Up. I actually graduated with her, and she's the Gear Up coordinator cool. at Central High School oh. and my best friend. So, <laughs> so it works out well. Right. So we combined our powers, her knowledge and mine, and we created this summit because students felt a need to use their voice and feel welcomed. 
So what we did is we took 100 students from Central and brought them over to the Boys and Girls Club. They were our hospitality hosts, and students attended breakout sessions. There was a keynote speaker, and my favorite was the networking lunch. So 100 of these students met with about 40 community leaders and got to sit and talk to them, and the community leaders encouraged them. They exchanged cards, provided mentorship. So it was an amazing summit. And Jason Bonilla, actually a school board member from Manchester School District, was a keynote. And he talked a lot about his journey of having parents of immigrants and how empowered it was for him to use his voice in the community and create change, the reason he's part of the school board now. But a lot of students felt empowered after that and a sense of using their voice. We, we, had, we had Jason Bonilla in one of our earlier episodes. Yes. He, yeah, he came here to talk about the ELF program that, that we run at AHAC. Equity Leaders yeah. Fellowship, yeah. which we're hoping to get both of you in next year. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, you know, this uh, segment that uh, we're presenting today is dealing with mental health uh, awareness. And uh, there are certainly a lot of risk factors these days. Uh, we, we, we talked about uh, the influence that social media has, some good, some bad. And uh, so talk about some of the other risk factors that uh, teenagers in particular have today. So I'll say some risk factors that the students are facing. A big one's vaping, right? Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of the vaping because it's easily accessible to students and there's no smell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's inexpensive. And everyone's doing it, so it's easily accessed. And I don't think young people don't understand the effects that's having on their mental, but also physical, right? A lot of times we focus on the physical, their lungs, what can happen, but how disengaged they can get with their academics, their friends, what they love to do. And it's been a huge risk factor. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And the 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 mental health, the um, what what you're seeing because of the nicotine, I mean, the it's a huge hit of nicotine that you're getting with mm. a vape. And so it's really doing a lot of damage to people. And scientifically, you know, we just don't know the research about long-term impacts about vaping yet. And so, um, you know, we know what happens when you smoke. And people, we can talk about that in a public health space. But vaping really, I think, is going to be one of the next big public health crises that we see coming down the road. Exactly. Yeah, no. And I was doing a, I was doing some research, actually, before this episode. And according to the CDC, you know, over 2.5 million youth uh, reported using e-cigarettes, you know, in Ooh. 2022. Wow. So which is, I mean, it's unbelievable. And I, I had to call my own, you know, little brother who's in high school right now, you know, just to, to ask, you know, some basic questions. Hey, mm. you know, are you vaping? Uh, are some of your friends, you know, vaping? And um, so, you know, I, I think it's a serious problem, right? And... I'm not sure how the community is dealing with this. Uh, do you see an increase at Central High School, Catherine? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's because, like I said earlier, how accessible it is. And you can do it anywhere, right? Yeah. Right. That's easy. And then the instant relief that you get with the nicotine hit, students really don't understand how it's impacting them. But as long as we continue to give that education of what's going on, and also you don't always know, obviously they're not old enough to buy a vape. So they buy it off someone. Exactly. You don't always know what's in there. And my right. big thing is just educating them. Like, mm. do you know what's in there? How many chemicals? And then once I start with that education piece, they start to click in their brain like, okay, mm. this might not be good for me. Mm. So my big piece is educating them. And then they ultimately make the decision what they want to do. 
to their body. Yeah. And we always want to introduce alternative coping techniques. So, you know, people, they respond, they they vape as a response to stress. They're feeling a stress or anxiety or some sort of external pressure. So they say, oh, I'm going to vape. I'm going to feel that nicotine in my body and I'm going to feel better. But you could go for a walk. You could lie down in the wellness room. You right, could do exactly. some meditation. Yeah. There's all sorts of alternatives out there. And so how do we try to promote these healthy coping skills and behaviors is something that's really important that we're doing in this space. And I do that often in my therapy practice. So I have a small practice where I see a handful of folks, um, teenagers and adolescents, to do therapy. Yeah. So do you have any idea what what percentage of the students at, at Central High School or high schools in general, uh, uh, you know, what percentage are vaping? So within the Manchester School District, it's 28%. And that was pretty much the medium all across the board. Yeah. So it's a bit, pretty big number. Yeah, that is a lot of students. That's scary. Yeah. yeah. That's really scary have, when we think about it. Yeah. Have you guys seen an increase, you know, after COVID? Like, pre, have you seen an increase because of COVID? Have you seen an increase in vaping? Or was this the trend, you know, even before COVID? Yeah, I think it's been the trend. The idea was to create e-cigarettes to get people to stop smoking cigarettes, right? And mm. they kind of made the profit off of the young people today with the e-cigarettes. So it's definitely become more popular. Even so, I spoke to some SAP counselors within the middle schools, and they're seeing an increase as well. Well, middle schools, yeah, and, yeah, middle school, and it, yeah. it may, in some instances, start even before that. Yeah, yeah, it it is very scary. Now, are these students doing it during sc- school hours? I will say it's not detectable, it, so yeah, they can okay. do it wherever. Yeah. yeah, you could. I could do it right now with my back turned, and you probably wouldn't even probably know. Probably wouldn't she was know. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that that is really something and a, yeah. a scary thought. I mean, it really is. I'm sure they're doing it in the in the bathrooms and uh, you know mm-hmm. you, you name it outside yeah. the school and and what have you. So certainly doing it during school hours, probably uh, in class and in, in, in some instances, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, 28 percent is a startling figure. That's yeah. that's huge. Yeah, that yeah. really when we break that down in the numbers, that's a lot of students. Yeah, and I think it's important for these students to have parents, mentors, people within the community that are educated on this to mm-hmm. be able to give the students that information of what they're doing, right? And feel comfortable talking to someone. Yeah. yeah. Again, it all comes back to stigma. How do we remind people it's okay to not be okay? And instead yeah. of turning to a vape or alcohol or whatever, you know, maladaptive behavior helps you feel better, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk it through. And we could really make some big difference with folks that way. What are some of the other risk factors that that are out there? We talked about social media. We talk about vaping. What other pressures do uh, you know teenagers in particular face these days? Oh man, there there are so many. It's hard to almost yeah. even come up with a list. Yeah. Um, one thing that I I find really interesting because I'm a nerd. I like looking at the data and the numbers. Our state every other year we engage in this participation. Um, for for youth called the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. This is a national tool that's done in schools. Um, It's an opt-in process, but we just received some of the data from the 2021 survey, and now soon, have they taken the 23 survey yet, Catherine? Yeah, actually, the SAP counselors administer the test, I mean, the survey to everyone, yeah. Yeah, so we're in the process of administering the next round of survey now, but um, when we look at the data and we look at what were the results for New Hampshire that came out of the 2021 survey, So it's really fascinating to see that 
risky sexual sexual behaviors have been decreasing across the board in New Hampshire. Um, and pr- important protective factors like condom use, HIV testing, STD testing, STI testing, that's increasing. So some of this messaging, you know, we, we are working on the messaging and talking now about vaping, but the messaging mm-hmm. that we've done more in the past around safe sex practices, those are increasing. And so we're seeing that messaging and encouragement in a positive way. Um, the experiences of violence that students are experiencing, including sexual violence, it's not declining, but it's increasing in some cases, which is kind of sad. And especially around mental health, mental health and suicidal thoughts and behaviors for nearly all groups of youth who take this survey are increasing. And in New Hampshire, it's increasing by quite a lot, which I think is really a result of COVID and that isolation that we saw. And so how do we as counselors, as school SAP coordinators and other folks working with youth and working in the mental health field try to work on addressing these issues with youth? We will continue. We have uh, one more segment uh, coming up here on this edition of Your Health New Hampshire. We're presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. We deal with wellness and health education on this program. And our guest in studio today is uh, Catherine Kabbalah, and she is the SAP counselor at Central High School in Manchester. We'll be back right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And we hope to stay with us. Welcome back to Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. Today's topic that we're exploring is mental health awareness. And uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes. So uh, it's a very appropriate show to run in this wonderful month of May. We're joined from AHEC, Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, by Jody Harper, the Associate Director, and by Natanga Jean Dedieu, and he is the Program Coordinator. And with us from Manchester Central High School is Catherine Kabbalah, who is the SAP Counselor at Central. Uh, we, we talked about some of the uh, great programs that have been initiated by Catherine at Central High School, the Wellness Room, the Welcome Center, uh, the Lift Every Voice Summit, which was uh, just inaugurated uh, recently. You got some wonderful response yeah. from that. You're, you're saying during the break that uh, uh, the youngsters that never really spoke up before and expressed anything uh, had an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I will say, and I forgot to add, the students that went to the summit, it was their choice. So 100 students signed uh, up and were there at 7.38. So That is so cool. And it was so many different students with different mental and intellectual abilities, um, different backgrounds culturally. And it was such a powerful summit. And it was nice to see students speaking up that usually didn't feel like they had a voice. And they spoke up because it was the environment to do so. We had a lot of school counselors and teachers show up. So seeing teachers and counselors in that environment, not in the regular classroom, Mm -hmm. that was impactful as long as as well with the community leaders. So the community leaders and students making those connections to people they usually wouldn't, right? So the Boys and Girls Club was there. They were like, oh, wow, I can go to the Boys and Girls Club. And they were making all these connections, which was really, it was bringing us all together because at the end of the day, this is going to be a group effort for this next generation of leaders coming up. 
So it was amazing. It was incredible. And we're hopefully we'll do it again next year, but include more students so they have that experience. Yes, I'm going to say I can't wait for next year. I missed it because I was in Texas for a conference, and I will make sure that I block it early on my calendar so that I can be there because being around youth and seeing youth feel so in control of their ability to learn and their ability to be well is just, you know, we know that things will be okay because the youth will be okay. Now, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we have available in our community uh, for mental health and mental health awareness and the people's well-being. Uh, there are some great organizations that can help with that as well. Yes, absolutely. Every state has a NAMI chapter. So the NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And so that's a great resource if you or someone you know is struggling with a mental health disorder. So they have family support groups. They have trainings. You can take suicide prevention and postvention classes from them to really understand how to support yourself and how to support your community. It's a great grassroots organization. And I believe the website is NAMINH.org. We'll make sure that we've got links for all of this in our, in our show page for today. And really, there's been a concerted effort across the country to make sure that there is a hotline available for people who are really struggling with suicidal thoughts or if they're having a hard time and not sure what to do with their mental health. So it used to be you call 911. And that really, as we know, is not necessarily the response that someone who's having a mental health crisis needs. So now, as of last year in New Hampshire, we have adopted 988. It is as simple if you or someone you love is having a mental health crisis, pick up the phone and call 988 and you can get help immediately from someone that can be connected to your local community. In New Hampshire, we have community mental health centers, which are resources for all ages. They work across the lifespan. That's where I do my therapy practice. Um, they are able to help folks with all levels of mental health conditions from schizophrenia and very severe persistent mental illness and everything in between with anxiety, depression. And there's functional support services there. You can get a case manager. You can see a therapist. You can see a psychiatrist. It's a really great resource. And so the, the community mental health centers across the state, we have 10 of them in New Hampshire, which is really fantastic. And then even other states are doing some pretty cool stuff. And we're trying to think about how can we learn from them at NAMI in Maine. They have what's called a teen text line. Ah. So they started that, I believe, two years ago. So all you have to do, even if you if you don't feel comfortable when you're having a hard time with your mental health and you don't want to talk on the phone, all you have to do is send them a text. So it's really something that's pretty incredible and out there and you know, we just want to try to raise awareness of all these services. Absolutely. And so there are many places you can turn. It's just yes. a matter of people finding out about them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of great resources uh, out there, no question about it. And certainly uh, during our conversation today with uh, Catherine Kabbalah, we learned that uh, Central is in, in pretty good shape. Central High School is in pretty good shape uh, these days with uh, the additions that you've made, Catherine. So uh, congratulations to you on all you have done uh, at Central in a relatively short amount yeah. of time. So She's created the school I wish I went to. <laughs> yeah, really, me too. <laughs> and I will say it would not be possible without the community. The community yeah. was huge help in supplying these rooms, making the summit happen. So it takes a community, and that's what made this all happen. Yeah, it really does take community support. There, there's no doubt about it, no matter what community uh, you might be talking about. Now, I understand there are some uh, classes coming up at uh, AHEC at Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. So, uh, Natanga, would you like to uh, tell us about uh, a couple of the upcoming events here in uh, Mental Health Awareness Month? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we do, myself and Sandra, we are actually running one of our 
uh, one of our Waku East program that is going to start uh, May 9th, I believe, yes. uh, goes on until June 16th. So it is a six weeks program. It's a six week program, and uh, you know people can participate. It is a physical uh, physical activity workshop, but uh, participants are able to learn you know different things from you know the workshop, uh, you know education on you know nutrition. Uh, how to take care of yourself, uh, you know, physical physical activities, you know, the right way to, you know, exercise and, you know, really try to take care of yourself. So that is a program that we are uh, very excited about. And we also have our chronic disease and chronic pain workshops that are, you know, in development right now. Uh, hopefully we roll those out uh, sometimes in uh end of May or sometimes in early June. Yeah, and our friend Melissa, who came a few episodes ago from UNH Extension, they're going to be having a class for the chronic disease self-management. They call it Take Charge of Your Health. Uh-huh. That one's going to start on May 16, so you can learn more on our website at Southern New Hampshire AHEC. So it's www.snhahec.org. And that Walk with Ease class that Natanga is talking about, we hope folks consider signing up. It's a great opportunity. The weather minus today is starting to turn nicer. It's springtime. We, With this class, we get outside. You walk on your own three times a week, and then you gather one time a week on Zoom to, to learn a little bit about our well-being. And as we talked about earlier, taking a walk out in nature and enjoying some green space and fresh air is a really great way to support your mental health and your well-being. And, of course, uh, I think your physical health has a, a great impact exactly. on, on your mental health. Do you find that to be true, Catherine? Oh, absolutely. I did my uh, master's project all on mental health and how your physical health affects it. So definitely, it's all about getting out there. Actually, I'm taking 50 students next week to the middle of the woods how to fun. be in Mara Vista for overnight. So we're working all on our physical health to help our mental health. So Oh, wow. Yeah, they are they are interconnected. The head needs to be connected back on the body. Mm-hmm. A yeah. lot of primary care practices are starting to talk about that. If only insurance would start to work that way, let's get our brain, our eyes, our mouth back back all in the same place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, Catherine, before we have to uh, wrap it up on uh, on this edition of the the program, anything else you would like to to share with us. I mean, uh, you have done such a remarkable job uh, at, at Central. Uh, do, do you find that uh, other schools in the state ha- have as have as many opportunities to discuss these issues as, as Central does? Yeah, I think every school can be its own island, right? And we're all doing mm-hmm. what we need for our school. And at the time, that's what Central needed. And with the support of my principal, Deb Rookie, we were able to make it happened. So I think every school has their own thing, and they're finding ways to support their school. So, yeah. And that is great. And, and as you pointed out so aptly, it does take the community as well. Yeah. Without that community support, uh, it's not going anywhere, right? Yeah, it takes a village. Yeah, and I think everybody wants to help each other, too. Because like I said, those students came there voluntarily, and the 40 community leaders that came, they took time out of their day, and they showed up voluntarily. Same with the teachers and counselors. So everyone's just trying to figure out how to work with each other, mm-hmm. but it'll happen. Now, now were you at, at Central prior to COVID uh, in terms of uh, in the capacity you're in now? Um, I was not. So no. I got, came during COVID. So actually, I was online running support groups wow. with students ah. through Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that obviously COVID had to have a, a major impact yeah. on on mental health and mental well being. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I think what happened with COVID too is more students reached out for help because they saw 
online and having telehealth now, it became mm -hmm. more accessible to students. So I think it was a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe as a result of COVID, there, there are more you know, places you can access right yeah. now that uh, you know, have help for issues like this. You know, and I think you know there. It, it, you know, COVID was not a great thing. No, nobody would say it ever was. But there are some things that have come out of COVID Absolutely. that we'll probably be using forever now. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, as a result, hopefully, yeah. telehealth, like Catherine mentioned, is one of those. That, so. that would be, you know, I mean, so there there were some positives that came out of COVID. Silver linings, like yes. Maria had talked about. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Well, we want to thank all of you for being with us today on this edition of Your Health New Hampshire, which is presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This show focuses on wellness and health education. Thanks to Jody Hopper and Tanga Jean de Dieu from AHEC, and certainly to Catherine Kabala, the SAP counselor at Manchester Central High School. And Catherine, congratulations for all the... Uh, success in all the work you've done at uh, Manchester Central, and I know it will continue for years to come. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us today on Your Health New Hampshire right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com.